Welcome to the Selling Without Sleeves podcast with me, Sarah Jolly Jarvis. I'm here to share with you real life stories from high performing salespeople and business owners, as well as my own insights and learnings around what's working well right now in the sales world, telling things like it is without the sleeves. Hello and welcome to today's podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Jolly Jarvis, and today we are talking about your ideal customer, but this time not for a service, for a product. Now, this has actually come off the back of a question that came in from a listener who said that when I talk around ideal customer in the book, um, and in general, normally I'm talking services, and you are right, I am mostly talking services. Um, I would say that that's what mostly I work with, but actually the clients that I have, um, I'm working with at the moment, um, are a um, 60-40 split in favour of products. So there we go. Things are always evolving, the way in which you resonate, the people that you attract is always changing. And, and that's that, that's the sort of ratio that I have at the moment. But in general, I tend to work with people who are providing services more than people who are providing products. Um, this is a little anomaly and let's see how long this one lasts. However, before I get into ideal customer for a product and how that differs and what you want to be thinking about more with that ideal customer. And to be fair, I don't believe it's it's all that different. There are some differences and, you know, there are some things to consider um, when using um, the ideal customer and your focus of ideal customer for your product. But it is as important. There's no, oh, you know, ideal customer isn't as relevant for me because it's not a service. Absolutely, you don't get out of it that easily. So without further ado, I'm going to go on to the year update for the week on what's been going on in the selling without sleeves world. And then um, we're going to jump into ideal customer. So what has been going on? Well, last week I attended the National Sales Conference. Sounds very corporate. That's because it is quite corporate. It is um, back into the real world, dipping my toe into the real world. Um, the sort of corporate, um, more you know, bricks and mortar businesses, which are in, in, in industries, they're just not online. So the online world can be a strange place when all the businesses are marketed online. It's all very virtual. It's very different to the relationships and the structures that exist in more traditional um, businesses. You know, it's kind of my dip back into the world that was um, the, the one that I inhabited for some time um, when I did my medical sales. It's always interesting to see what's going on. Um, one of the main th- takeaways that I found was that there's a new role that has emerged within sales, which is basically a um, facilitator. I've forgotten the fancy word that they provided it with now. Um, but it's basically somebody who helps the sales team an enabler so it's a sales enabler role um, and you can be a specialist in this and apparently this is something that has existed in the states for some time basically they go in they look at the sales process and they help the sales team to be more um, focused to maximize the sales team's time in front of customers and help reduce all that extra stuff that has to go on behind the scenes to make that happen and so yeah I was like oh okay not not come across that before um so you know you kind of troubleshoot and you go in and, and you look at productivity and capacity um which is interesting and it's not it's not directly training that sales team it's kind of freeing up their time as a resource um which is very exciting um but something that yeah I haven't come across um before um as, as an actual official role um but always very exciting so that's a, that's kind of an emerging thing um and that's the thing is is it's it gives me an opportunity last time i was very aware of how much people tended to tweet and there's a lot of tweeting going on um when i was at the event a couple of years ago 
And this is the first big in-person event that I went to. Um, I've been to since, you know, lockdown happened and everything else. And it was really great to be around that environment again and be listening to those speakers. Um, and, you know, I've already gone off and, and purchased books from them. But I'm not going to do a full uh, lowdown on what I learned there because I'm going to do that next week. And I have an interview ahead of next week with um, the guy who actually runs it, um, a gentleman called... Steve Lindsay. So Steve Lindsay is going to um, and I are going to be chatting during the week um, next week. And I hope to um, include um, if just a small element of the conversation um, with Steve, um, if not a, the full version uh, to provide you with um, my take on what I took away um, and also what NSE looks to do. Um, sales conferences, conferences um, in the online world tend to be something that is kind of something to navigate and is often includes an awful lot of um, sales pitches so people they speak they either pay to speak or um, they do it for free and so they are pushing their product and so it's very much pushing um, their product and and buying their stuff and and buying into their world than it is about um, providing value. Um, The really great thing about the National Sales Conference is that it is pure value Um, there's very very little um, that, well there isn't there isn't any pitching from the stage um which is ironic with the sales conference um but it's a lot of, of value given um and i will be sharing that with you next time that obviously you know it provides you with an authority piece to be talking there um and obviously um it gets you exposure and you know i have as i said gone off and bought books from it however that doesn't mean that um that they're promoting themselves um it's just kind of a, as a byproduct which is fab so without further ado i will move on because i risk going into too, way too much detail on what I learned, um, which was, you know, a decent amount, actually. I thoroughly enjoyed myself. So what's going on with the funnel? The cu- funnel is currently being revamped. We've taken it as far as we can with the um, resources that we have um, in-house and everything else. And so we have helped, got somebody involved um, externally to help us, um, a really amazing person who really knows their stuff to help us to get those figures, those elusive um, average order values, the cost per clicks um, and the you know CPGs are pretty much where they are at the moment. Um, this is a really great time to do it because ads have got really expensive at the moment because of Black Friday, because of the lead up to Christmas. And so this is a really good time to scale back stuff. So we've got a tiny amount of, of ad spend going out um, to keep things ticking over. Um, it's not a great idea to stop, start, stop, start. It's better to have something going on in the background. Um, and so we're retargeting people. And instead, we are focusing um, our efforts on revamping and updating and making tweaks and changes um, based on um, feedback. So the feedback has been in the main, you know, reasonable, but there's always improvements that you can make. And so that's what we are after with this is um, making those changes. And there are some quite significant changes coming up as far as um, price of and what the offering and what the initial offering in that funnel is. But I'm not going to, to say anything yet on that um, as nothing is 100% totally confirmed um, it should be revamping over the next week or so and then be back out um, with a bang um, potentially the week after and we are going to keep our eye on how much um, the CPAs are coming in at to see whether we wait that little bit longer but exciting times uh, I would say though guys if you haven't bought the book already do so now from the funnel um, because that the price is going up 
um so this would be the best time um links to that um to buy the book are uh, available in the show notes <clears throat> we've also been uh using Buzzsprout, Buzzsprout, as i've been mentioning now for a couple of i feel like i should ask them to sponsor me um because i keep banging on about them but um i keep getting notifications i love it i, I really like it there is some um, anomaly um with the numbers counting over the last seven days um they seem to send a weekly summary which is vastly different to the the numbers that we're getting um by a hundred this week so um quite significant so um it'd be interesting to um, look into a little bit more of that but loving the notifications loving the usability of the platform we had our first planning event our first in-person event for ever <clears throat> well my first in-person event was selling without sleeves ever I feel like I need to double check that fact, um, but I can't think of a, a live in-person event that I have done um, where it's been a Selling Without Sleeves event um, since Selling Without Sleeves was created. So that's very, very exciting. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Just having the energy in the room, having people go through their business planning and knowing, you know, um, some of the feedback has been amazing that, they, you know, they came into the room um, and with no idea, no idea to how to plan things, no idea how to look at their business in that way. Um and they've left with a whole different um, take on their business and, and the opportunities available to their business. So really, really exciting. The US books are still being printed. Um, they are going on in the background. Um, there's no major, major rush for them at the moment because of the changes that we're doing with the funnel. Um, but that will go out and coincide with the um, the, the change, funnel changes. Um, so that will be, uh, there'll be books available and we'll be running in the States. So that is really exciting. So moving on to ideal customer. So ideal customer for a product. Now by nature, by nature, by nature, there is less commitment other than the financial side. So if you think about it, when somebody's committing to a service, they are working alongside that person to deliver the outcome. Um, so that person is at least getting, you know, involved to some extent with that organization and, and you know, your business in order to, to provide the outcome or with that individual. So there's an element of working alongside. There's an element of, of liking each other and getting to know each other um, and, and, and helping provide the outcome. Um, with obviously a product, um, it is much more um, by nature of a, of a less commitment in that, you know, you're providing that financial element to get that outcome that they're looking for, but it is more transactional. Um, there is less of the you know, working together and putting in time resource as well as financial resource. Um, it's, it's a case of pressing that button, purchasing that item. <clears throat> you know, in the vast majority of cases, as far as product concerned, you know, that's it. You, you get that delivered. Um, and and it's, so it's a very nice, neat, tidy transaction. Um, and therefore, in a lot of cases, um, you know, in some cases, you're buying a car, um, you, you do get that sales conversation. Um, but in a lot of cases with a product, it is more around the marketing. So, you know, it's more transactional and therefore that level of no like trust is different. It depends on that financial investment. And so it's directly related to that other than the other resources and everything else which may be involved. Um, so lots more decisions are, are made potentially on the the the, um, the financial side of things rather than thinking actually do I like this person I'm buying from it doesn't matter because literally they are providing that you would rather buy from somebody who you like but actually do you actually need to get to know them at all no you just need to know what value that that product is going to provide you is it going to provide the outcome you are looking for um so my ideal 
whenever you're thinking about a product is to design a product with a customer in mind rather than create something and then find out who is this for is to think okay this is who I'm aiming at ideally this is who my audience already is um, and, and I already know that this audience needs this because of x y and z and if that is the case that is perfect however most things aren't perfect and so we are faced with a scenario where you have a thing you have a widget um, in this case of this person who contacted me um, they provided um, they, they produced um, leather wallets okay so you know assuming that leather wallet wallets are predominantly for guys okay <clears throat> now straight away obviously you've got the fact that people buy people wallets as a gift um, but that person has a particular person in mind so when you're put thinking around your marketing you're thinking of pushing that person towards your product because you're saying hey this product does what this person that you've got in mind and um, wants and so that's worth bearing in mind lots of people get confused with ideal client and think that actually you know their ideal client is the person who um is, is purchasing the the gift um, if it can be gifted uh, but actually they are still purchasing it with that person in mind you still can convince them that you know your ideal customer this is the this is your idea this is this is my ideal customer this is who this is for and then as a person gifting they are, are drawn to that because they know that the person they're buying for is that ideal customer I hope that makes sense so obviously depending on the product it's much more likely to be less about the sales call there probably isn't a sales call it's probably a transaction on a website um, and if that is the case if you're not doing anything bespoke if you're not selling something really high end then you're not going to have that conversation and so it's going to be um, <laughs> I liken it to um, it being a bit like the dating analogy you know the sales call when you have a sales process that involves a sales call it becomes almost like a dating process with um something more transactional you are cutting to the chase so you're not proposing you're not thinking of proposing we're not talking first dates here it's more like picking someone up yeah if you can get that analogy you're, you're finding you're chatting up somebody in a bar you've still got to say the right things you still got to convince them it's a good idea but that lengthy commitment isn't there it is more transactional that is a more transactional relationship um that is far as i'm going to go with that guys because this is not what that podcast that is not what this podcast is about um but <clears throat> you get my you get the gist so bearing that in mind you know you still need um touch points but they're not in you know it's more um touch points as far as marketing touch points are concerned um and very much like a service it still depends on the level of commitment involved okay so if you are for instance buying um a sponge online which i'm sure some of you have heard me talk around before as my purchasing of sponges on facebook it's not like i'm some sort of crazy person who's always buying sponges on facebook i did it once okay and it came in a pack of like two but i was scrolling through facebook it's interrupt marketing did i know that i went on was i going onto facebook to find a sponge obviously not okay but you know it's there it's demonstrating what it can do on the dishes and i'm thinking oh you know what yeah i could i could do with something which works a bit better on my dishes and um, particularly which isn't scratchy i mean i am all for the little metal pads um but some of the things you're not supposed to use metal pads on are you and so i was a little bit stuck so this silicon thing comes up it can go in the dishwasher so i don't have to worry about it being grim um and so i was like yeah you know happy days that looks great um it was pence okay it took forever to arrive i wasn't convinced it was even going to arrive but at the end of the day it wasn't you know it was less than three pounds that i paid for this um let's not even get started on how they make those those sort of um financial 
these those sort of prices work with the cost of facebook ads but anyway <clears throat> let's move on from that that's not what this is about so thinking around you know the the sponge it, it wasn't as much of a commitment it wasn't much of a financial commitment i looked at the comments on the ads to see if people were complaining that you know they they paid months ago and it hadn't turned up they weren't um there was positive ones on there which seemed like they were from people who were genuine um and so i was like you know after probably less than a minute's worth of research um i parted with my two three pounds um two or three pounds i can't remember exactly how much i do wish i did because if i'd have known that i was going to use this as such an example i would have paid more attention but you know and this was the thing was i wasn't paying that much attention it was i was you know aware i was spending the money but it wasn't a big deal because it wasn't a a big a purchase it wasn't a big commitment um they weren't asking me to take time out of my day and go on a retreat or go to a seminar or anything like that um because it, they don't need to they don't need to convince me with a webinar to buy a sponge it's an ad it showed the before and after they seem to have a reasonable amount of social proof that was enough for me um eventually it did turn up was it as good as i was hoping no was it heck but it, it, it has some functionality and you can put it in the dishwasher and it doesn't disintegrate it does kind of scrub away at most stuff but obviously not as good as my metal pads but you know am i happy yeah reasonably i mean i'm not unhappy enough to want a refund or anything ridiculous wouldn't know how to go about getting that anyway um but you know equally am i raving about it and i'm going to point people in the, in the direction of the next ad no i'm not equally you know the the person who contacted me they produce leather wallets um you know thinking about a yellow leather wallet i'm assuming that i'm going to be spending more than a couple of pounds if i wasn't spending more than a couple of pounds then i would have queries over its usability okay for a sponge it kind of made sense the sort of price it was at um if from a leather wallet point of view um if they'd been incongruent with the price and what they were claiming and how great they said it was um i would take more convincing would i be convinced if then it had more social proof yeah probably i would um and so it is an awful lot more the point i'm trying to make here is it's awful lot more around the amount of research that goes into the marketing available the information available about the product is directly related to the um, the price, the level of commitment that you're making, which is price, it's not other resources. And so, you know, a bit more research is going to be involved in doing that. Could I spontaneously purchase a leather wallet? Yes, definitely. Um, you could see it as a gift idea and think, yeah, that's great. Or yeah, you know what, um, I need a new one. You know, if you're their target audience, um, you could be thinking, yeah, you know what, I, I could do with another one of those. You've convinced me, great idea, I'll buy it. If you are producing a, a product with a an audience in mind, then, you know, research, put information out, you know, provide a, a waitlist opportunity. Don't produce any um, or produce one as a bit of a prototype and, and put it out there and, and float it and see how many people are interested. Um, if it doesn't get that much interest, then, you know, there's no need to run it. But you're getting you're gauging an idea of what your audience is after better still would be to actually speak to people and find out what do they look for how often do they purchase at what price point and see what you can do to tick those boxes and then you can go back to said audience and be like hey this is what we designed off the back of your feedback they're already way more bought in because they provided that feedback um but that isn't always the position you're in that most of the time it is i've created this thing so created this thing who's it for well depending on the price point would depend on who you're aiming at depending on what's the functionality what what are you offering what benefits are you providing will illustrate to you who you're going to be aiming at with it who do you want to purchase this and you still want good reviews so it's very similar to services in that you don't want to to sell it to people just for the sake of 
you know shifting units and then those people to be really unhappy because they're not your ideal customers you want people to be providing um you know reviews on it um rather than testimonials we normally call products reviews reviews um so you know a a review of it um so honest feedback um that you can put out and you can use you can put it out those reviews out um you can let people know that you're you know you're trustworthy by using something like trustpilot you can have google um my business and you can have feedback on google you can have um, the ratings on your site so that people can actually see the product ratings um so you know social proof is key your marketing is key those touch points so that they can get to know like and trust you are still needed to be touched but not in the same way not to the same extent um unless of course it's a it's a bigger purchase in which case it will behave more like that service in that they may want a conversation with you. They won't want to find out more information that they can't just find off a landing page. They want that additional attention because they're spending that additional amount of money. The key thing is to be painting a picture of the benefits of your product and the impact that that will have on them and, and putting that into your marketing and letting people know and being really explicit, really avert with this is the this is the outcome you're going to get. This is the benefit that this can provide. And thinking, yeah, who am I aiming at? Who does this appeal to? Um, look at your your target audiences and and see, you know, who is buying what. Um, what what are people talking around? Influencers. Think about influencers. Who's your ideal customer? What influencers do they they t- tend to look up to? What are they using? What are they wearing? Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. So there's much much more emphasis on that marketing, unless of course it is a higher value item, which was not the query in this case. Um, it was a smaller price point, probably you know maximum around the hundred pound mark, um, is what I'm assuming here. Um, so they would be buying it straight off a landing page. Um, you know you could have a Shopify site and they could be running um, traffic to that. And it is more running traffic would be the the, the aim. You know, you can buy, sell stuff organically, but you're obviously going to need a, a considerable flow of, of people into your organic world to sell um, a lower priced product. Um, I spoke to somebody once who'd been advised by apparently a marketing expert to set up a Facebook group to sell candles. And they, you know, they were low price homemade candles. These are not things that you need to put that amount of level of relationship building into. You need to show them the lifestyle and the outcome and the benefit, obviously, of what they're going to get. And and that, you know, more eyes on it. It's a it's a numbers game. Um, the key things to look out for here are going to be your cost of advertising. So your cost per goal. So your cost per purchase versus your actual average order value and then if you can look to bump that average order value then that can be really helpful so i hope that helps i hope that gives you an insight into the difference in reality it's about the level of commitment and that can be the same for a service it just tends not to be it tends to have more um time resource and financial resource involved and obviously from because it's a service you tend with a service for it to be a, a more of a bit of an ongoing there's this person's time involved with it and therefore um, in delivery there's a delivery process and so um it's more it tends to be more expensive so um the you know the lower priced items the items that take less time resource um it's a lot more transactional and therefore that's how you can treat it um you don't have to do the romancing in the same way and um, they're after an outcome provide that outcome and then everyone moves on um, they move on to enjoy the product and you move on to sell it to somebody else so hopefully that helps as i said before in the update next week's podcast is or next thursday's podcast is all around the nsc 
national sales conference that I went to and my take homes from that Um, and hopefully I will speak to Steve Lindsay about that too and be able to share that interview with you Um, and obviously Tuesday the new Inspire range of um, podcast series um, coming to you from Selling Without Sleep Still is around helping you to see what is possible and this week we are talking to Angie Simmons and Angie and I spoke around her journey to what she's doing now which is mindset and helping people to to take control of their mindset and and make things happen for themselves um, and get their headspace in a heads in a different space really great interview with her that i am looking to looking forward to sharing with you on tuesday so so the, the key thing with the inspire range is to enable you to um hear stories of people ordinary people um doing um you know ordinary things on a consistent basis to get results and that's the key thing is it is all achievable with the right support and with the right outlook um, and, and consistent approach and so that is what um, you know growing your business and developing your business is all around it's all about um, and not just um, business we've also got uh, next week we've got um, Matt Dixon Dixon, Matt Nixon, um, who's going to be talking around his adventures um, and what's inspired him to do that. So, you know, it's ordinary people doing different stuff, um, making changes and and, and making the most um, of their lives and their opportunities. Um, So hopefully you will find them as inspiring as, as I am. Anyway, that's enough for me for today, guys. Thanks for listening. Happy selling. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Selling Without Sleeves podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please head over to iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you are listening from to leave us a review. It's a good way for us to know what you like so we can create more of it.